Bidzy Small Business Society number 141. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. I'm Rob Beresoff. We talk to entrepreneurs and small business owners about what it takes to succeed as a small business owner. Connect with Bidzy Small Business Society. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers post projects for free in any of over 100 categories, including all types of home renovation, landscaping, cleaning services, photography, and many, many more. Now, if you're a business, Bidzy.com is a great way to find new customers because you are automatically notified each time a customer posts a project in your subscribed categories. So for example, let's say you own a roofing company and a customer posts a project in our roofing category. You are automatically notified via email or text, and you can submit a bid at bidzy.com or use our internal chat system to introduce yourself to the customer and give them reasons why they should use you to complete their project. Monthly subscriptions start at $14.99. That's $14.99 per month for unlimited access to new customers and unlimited bidding at bidzy.com. Email rob at bidzy.com for more details or start your 30-day free trial now at bidzy.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bidzy Small Business Society. Today, I am joined by Andrew Foxwell. Andrew is the co-founder of Foxwell Digital, a business that consults with Fortune 500 companies, e-commerce entrepreneurs, and well-known startups on maximizing their advertising impact on social media. He spent over $10 million on the Facebook platform alone and has worked with companies like Square, Fitbit, and GoPro. Andrew's expertise has taken him to Washington, D.C., where he worked in Congress, and to Silicon Valley, where he honed his social media marketing skills even further. Welcome, Andrew. Can you first tell us more about yourself on a personal level, then about what projects you're working on today? Absolutely, yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me on. My name's Andrew Foxwell, and my business partner, uh, my wife, Gracie, and I, own uh, Foxwell Digital, and we are a social media advisory firm. Um, and I can tell you more about my personal life. Uh, we have a five-month-old golden doodle puppy named Wingra, named for a lake by our house. Uh, and I am born and raised in Wisconsin, so I'm a big Wisconsin guy, uh, and I do like beer and cheese a lot. Uh, <laughs> One of those cheese heads, huh? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Big Packers fan, so there's a little bit of personal information on me, um, but I love stand-up paddleboarding, love kayaking, love being outside, so we live in Madison, Wisconsin, which is just a great place to do all of those things, so that's a little bit about me. Great stuff. So what specific projects do you have going on today, Andrew? So specific projects uh, that we're doing right now, um, we're working with a, a large Fortune 500 company, actually one of them that uh, is kind of within that intro to, to show it's legit that... Uh, they are trying to increase household penetration in the United States of their products uh, using purely social media. Um, so pretty cool project. Uh, they're trying to spend a significant amount of money to see if they can take their household penetration in the United States of their products up 1% um, using purely Facebook and Instagram. So pretty cool stuff. Another project I got going on right now is just getting started with a, a small e-commerce startup, uh, that sells a, a product that's natural gum made from natural ingredients. And we're doing a small test with them on Facebook 
um, paid and, and trying to basically acquire some new customers for them and see if we can get people into their sales funnel and, and learning about them and, and wanting to hopefully make a purchase down the, down the, down the line. Awesome. Yeah, insert them into that funnel. Absolutely. Now, Andrew, you've spent a lot of money on Facebook. You've done some great work on Instagram and obviously on some of the other social media platforms. But let's go back. What was happening around you that you saw as an opportunity to help other businesses with their marketing and I guess more specifically with their social media marketing? Yeah, I, I was early on in the social media marketing game and early early what I saw was the amount of reach and the amount of uh, people you could get in front of with social media marketing um, at the small amount of cost. So I really, really liked that. It, it felt uh, to me like it was very much more cost effective than other things that were out there for small businesses. Um, the other thing that I liked about it was it allowed you to sort of pull back things a little bit and show them who you really were uh, and who you really are and, and, you know, kind of show you the product, show you what the store looks like, show you the things that you're doing, gives, gives you an insight to the staff that's working there. So I liked that a lot because it made the brand and the companies or the small business that you were working with um, or, you know, that you're following much more human. So I really liked that a lot. That was definitely a benefit of it. Um, Social media marketing, you know, as a natural extension, then uh, forces people to be creative, which I also like. Uh, I found that once you start to get people into exercises where they're creating more content for their social media, it also helps the other things that they're doing in their job because you have to come up with interesting things to put out there. And because of that as an extension, you're coming, those ideas you can use in other places, in print or in video or in radio or whatever you're trying to do. Um, so it forces a creativity point of saying, what can I do here that's different than what my other competitors are doing or what other people in the marketplace are doing? And how can I capture those eyeballs? So those are some of the big things I liked about it. Of course, a lot of those strategies will translate. Now, is it still as cost effective or does it cost a little bit more to cut through all the noise out there? It definitely because I don't think it costs more now. I think there's a there's a lot of muddled information about things. People feel more confused, and I think there is a sense of, especially from small business owners, feeling overwhelmed. And so uh, a lot of it is you have to look know where to look for the for the information that can boil it all down. Uh, but I do think that of course now you have to pay on Facebook than you didn't have to before. But if you pay smartly and you spend your money in an in intelligent way and you know how to use the platforms the right way, it can, I think, be more cost-effective than other mediums that you're doing. A lot of times people will think about it in a small business as a, you know, they'll try to say it's a replacement. Sometimes it's not a replacement, but sometimes it can be, right, for other mediums that are out there. So if you had been doing print up until this point and you've never tried social media in terms of marketing, that's something that I think if you translate that budget over there, it doesn't necessarily impact the amount that you're spending on advertising, right? But it would be in a different place. And I think if you know how to do it effectively, it can actually be much more cost effective. So, Andrew, is it less about money and maybe more about quality of content? I think that's a big part of it. Absolutely. It's less about money. It's the quality of the content you're putting out. It's the ability for you to, um, you know, not just 
create something that's interesting, but then to, to kind of have even a few dollars behind that to show that to your fans and your advocates and people that are really going to be somebody that can spread the word about you. So quality content is absolutely a big part of it. And it's the strategy. That's something that in small businesses, I don't see a lot of them doing. People say, well, I feel like I need a Facebook page or I feel like I, I need to be on Instagram. Um, well, okay, that's great. But what's the end goal? What are you really trying to do? And is that platform the right thing for you? Um, and what's the ultimate piece that you're trying to achieve? And I think that's something that can really help inform the strategy that you're taking. Good stuff. And I want to talk some more about social media and how that has transformed in the past and how what that looks like to you in the future. But for now, I want to switch gears a little bit, Andrew. Tell us about your time working in Congress in D.C., so working in Congress in D.C. was really interesting. It was an early time when um, social media had become a thing. So uh, it was something that members of Congress in their official capacity could only spend money to send out paper mailers in the United States. And you they, they could spend taxpayer dollars to put together a paper mailer that had to go in front of a bipartisan commission for language approval. And they would spend money to send those out into people's mailboxes. So... That was interesting to me, and there was a lot of bureaucratic mess. Yes, there was a huge (laughs) bureaucratic mess, and it was there was a lot of processes in Congress that I saw that were like that. Um, Not necessarily things that people are interested in, or that then you know a a regular voter or somebody would find find interesting. But as a political nerd, I was very fascinated by the fact that how many layers of bureaucracy things take, um, and especially around communications and social media. So my time there was was uh, very interesting. I mean, I was a, a young person. I was 24 and I was walking down the halls in the first week of, of Congress and I had to brief my boss, a U.S. congressman, about different policies that I was reading about and that he was asking me about. Um, so that was a, a fascinating thing. But I think that the, the, most, the most fun part about being in Washington, D.C. was once I got into helping people with the social media side, so I worked for a member of Congress and then I started an agency within a company that helped members of Congress advertise on social media. And once I got to do that, there was so much, there was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun because you could help people see how cost-effective and interesting social media really would be for them. And you could help them realize, you know what, you're spending this taxpayer dollars here. Maybe you don't need to spend that much money on print mail. Maybe it's better if you just advertise on social media or, um, you know, on Google or something. It could be much more cost effective for you. So that was a fun transition that I was part of that took place in Congress. Interesting stuff. And you were functioning and still are functioning on on an extremely high level here, Andrew. But I'm sure it wasn't always that way. So I want you to talk about some of your challenges. What was the biggest challenge that you faced in business or otherwise, but what really sticks out in your mind as the biggest challenge? And the Small Business Society here is looking for the actionable steps that you took to really embrace and overcome that challenge. I mean, the biggest challenge that I have had as a small business owner is feeling that you have to do everything and that you have to be everywhere um, and, and say yes to things that maybe don't feel right. Um, when you start your business, many of you know this, you know, you, you get going and you're in it. Somebody's asking you about, do you do this? Is this your product offering? You know, can you help me with this? And you want to say yes, because you know, you could do it, but it may not be exactly what you do. So that was definitely the hardest thing was, was realizing that, um, you couldn't say yes <laughs> to everything and you had to, you had to say no. 
Um, and I see that in other small businesses too. You had to say no and you had to really refine very quickly off the bat the things that you were good at and what you weren't good at and what you're not good at. Um, and it may mean initially lost revenue, but in the long run, you'll be better off for it because people are hiring specialists now more than ever. Um, the actionable steps that I took in that is basically we sat down and, and my wife and I and said, what do we want to do? What are the things that not only do we get the most energy from, but what are the things that on a day-to-day basis, because at the end of the day, we're all still doing work, right? Like what are the things that we take joy in and what's interesting to us? And for me, it's the challenge of helping businesses grow on social with paid advertising. And that's specifically what we do. We don't actually do a lot with content. We do promotion of that content and we'll help with the strategy there. But more often than not, if people are going to spend money, that's what we do. So that's the actual subject we sat down and said, what do we want, you know, what is actually energizing to us regardless of profit? And then where do, where are the things that we can, can make, you know, money? Like that's another part of the equation. And then looking at it and saying, how quickly and what are the steps do we need that we need to take to be able to get to a place where we're comfortable in this, you know, so like financially, how many clients do we need to take on a month? What's reasonable for us to be able to do that if we were? And who do we need to talk to to start connecting us into this industry? Absolutely. You sat down and it gave a voice to some of those uh, some of those things that you had to say no to or some of those things that you had to say yes to. Is that right? That's exactly right. Great stuff. Now, let's switch gears a little bit here now. What rewards do you take away from entrepreneurship? Why is it so great to be Andrew Foxwell? Well, <laughs> that's interesting. It's a funny question. Uh, I mean, being an entrepreneur is extremely rewarding because everything that you put into it, it's yours, right? So you own it, you own the process, you own it. The, and especially my wife and I, more than I think sometimes even other entrepreneurs, our name is Foxwell Digital. That's the name of our company. And um, we write newsletters and that's our, that, that's us, that's our brand. We have many clients, you know, that follow us on social media or that we're friends with on social media and they know us. I had a, somebody tell me, um, a client that's a friend uh, about a year ago, he said, you more than anybody else that I know make all of your clients your friends. And I'm not saying they're our best friends, but to me, that's important. The human element is extremely important to both of us. So I think what's rewarding about it is you own it and that's, that's your brand. And if, and if something goes awry, that's you call your friend and you say, Hey, this did not go well. And here's why, and here's what I'm going to be able to help you with. And here's why I think it didn't. And here's my path to making it better. Um, or it went really great and we can celebrate together. So that to me is, is the most rewarding thing is that, um, my boss is my wife, but I mean, outside of that, I don't have any other, I don't have a, a, a you know, a boss We're each other's bosses and we keep each other accountable. And when we say, hey, we want to go travel or, hey, I really want to go to the lake for a swim with my dog at noon, like I can do that because nobody else is telling me that I can't do that. And that's a hard thing to remember as an entrepreneur sometimes. Sometimes you feel boxed in, right? As a, as a small business owner, you feel like, oh, I got this person that's coming in. They can only meet at this time. And you know what? When you're your own boss, you can say, you, you have the authority to say, actually, like, I can't do that right then. And you don't have to tell them why, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's your life. And so if you design your hours and you design it the way you want to, being an entrepreneur can be extremely rewarding and you can work when you want to. And I think the flexibility is, is so huge for, for, for us, especially. 
Now, let me ask you this, Andrew. I know you're big on a couple of the social media platforms, but how do you most effectively engage with and grow your audience? And here, I want you to help the up-and-coming entrepreneur understand a few things about gaining some traction in an extremely noisy marketing arena. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that you can do if, you've, if, you've, if you're just getting into it or you're trying to get, gain traction is talking about, go all the way to the end, right? Go sit down and say, what, do, what to me is the most important thing right now in terms of driving sales or driving awareness or whatever? What is the ultimate piece that you're trying to do? Many times for a small business, it's saying, I want to increase incremental sales. Or I want to get more people in my store. Okay, that's great. You want to get more people in the door. Then back it out and say, what are the pieces of it that to you, you know, what do you offer that's valuable and different? So what's your value proposition? So you have different selections. You have a more delicious pizza than anybody else. You have, you make your pizza with a different type of basil. I mean, you know, you get where I'm going with this. What are your specific, interesting value propositions that nobody else has? And then outside of that, what stories do you have that are unique to your business? Right, you're you're in business because you there is a story. There has to be. There's thousands of them. And then the third part I think about is what questions do you get right off the bat? So what questions do you get commonly in your business? What, you know, you may be an auto repair shop, and you know people say, you know, hey, how often do I need new tires? Whatever that might be. And if you combine all three of those, you can start to map out the content that you're going to be talking to people with. So. That's starting to get into the content and saying, okay, here's some, some videos I could produce. I could sit down in front of my computer and I could talk about how often you need to change your tires. And then you think about the actual platform from there. So Facebook's probably a good one to start with if you're looking to reach a lot of people that are, let's say, 25 and older. If you're trying to reach people that are younger, maybe you want to think about actually getting on Snapchat, starting a Snapchat account, right? So it's, it's backing it out from what the ultimate goal is, coming up with some of those questions and thinking about those critically, translating that into the platform, and then deciding platforms you're choosing, and then you can you know, take it from there and come up with who you want to promote it to and where you want to spend the money to grow. So those are some of the actionable pieces that I really follow. Yeah, great stuff. And I'm learning that so much of brand building revolves around storytelling, and you need to tell that story in the language of your audience, right? Right, exactly. Thinking about it in the way that they would talk about it, with they're conversing about it, and you know, but also being true to yourself. You're not going to be, for example, a um, you know a college that you're trying to do recruiting for, and you're not trying to speak like a teenager, right? But you do need to be speaking to them in a way that they're going to be receptive and open, and letting them know that you're you know you're somebody, you're an institution that is open to different thinking or whatever you want to use in terms of language, but. Um, you don't want to dumb yourself down, is my point. Many times brands feel that they need to have that be matched with their audience. And I think a lot of times people look to different institutions and brands and organizations as the authority on it. So it's okay to have an authoritative voice, but that's certainly important. And to keep that consistent is also really big. Yep, good stuff. Now, this might be a little broad, Andrew. How do you see social media changing over the next, say, 12 to 24 months? Well, over, I mean, over the next couple of years, it's certainly that uh, things are going to become more immersive. Um, we've already, you know, you're seeing it happen now with Pokemon Go. So uh, the world is going to be translated through devices and you're going to be experiencing things through devices. And I think that's going to become social. So there's a 
you had the early days of social media, you sat down and you looked at things and you looked at it on your computer, you looked at it on your phone, and sometimes you were alone. But I think there's a desire from younger generations certainly to use the devices in coordination with experiencing the world around you. So it, so you can see it with virtual reality is becoming a big part of it. You can see it with augmented reality like Pokemon Go. And uh, social media is going to become something that is not just on your phone, but it's going to live in different places. Um, you know, going to be, you're going to be interacting with it, I think, in different places. And I think that's one part of it. I think the other part of it from an advertising standpoint that social media is going to do and really make changes on is you're going to be able to better understand in another two years. I mean, think of, think about two years ago from now, or, you know, two years ago from right now is it was crazy about you didn't really know a lot on social media if you could track sales. And now you certainly can do that. Um, and I think that's only going to get better. So you're going to be able to say, um, put up a post on Facebook or put up a post on Instagram and be able to know when people come in and buy a pizza that they saw that they were a person that saw an ad from you. You can do that now, not very sophisticated, um, in a not very sophisticated way, but I think you're going to have more of that attribution. It's going to be become part of the equation, which is pretty awesome. So those are the two, those are some of the big changes I see of the immersive piece and then some of the attribution piece of tracking. I can't wait to go back and listen to this in 24 months, Andrew. Uh, let me ask you this. Who has been most influential on your entrepreneurial journey? Oh, that's a, that's a super good question. I mean, what, I don't know. It, it's, it's been a combination of a lot of different people. I mean, it's to me, it's a combination of people like John Loomer, who's a friend of mine, who's a Facebook marketing expert, and seeing him. I mean, he started his business when he, uh, when he lost his job, um, and that was, you know, he, he started it and on a whim, you know, and then my, my father-in-law has been particularly inspiring to me. He's, an, he's a writer, he's a syndicated columnist, and um, he, more than anybody, said to my wife and I, uh, he said, try it. What's the worst that can happen? You know, just try it. You know, you know you can do this. You, you have, I have all the confidence in the world. I've seen you operate. I think you can do this. Um, I think, you know, he's been a huge part of it. But I, I actually, you know, only recently in the last year or so where they started following more of the kind of entrepreneurial celebrities. Um, and there's other books that I read early on, of course, like four hour work week and, and which is just a classic and, and good to, you know, thinking about kind of like Guy Kawasaki art of the start, you know, that type of stuff to me sparked it early on. And I've always been an entrepreneur. So that they just sort of reinforced a lot of ideas for me, but I don't, I haven't followed a lot of the, um, you know, big entrepreneurs that I think others do that, that inspire them. It was more of just observing. I, I think ultimately I owe my entrepreneurship to my father because he would go buy a used car that he'd drag out of the weeds and sell it for four times as much. And <laughs> after he, after he cleaned it up. So that's where I really think a lot of that comes from because when I look at the world and I think about it in the world of business, I don't, I only see opportunities. I really never see walls. And I think that's something that entrepreneurs share. You know, you, you share that desire. To, you, just, you can see that something's better you can see that some things could be different and, and improved. And, you know, why can't you be that person? So. Opportunity everywhere. Absolutely. Now, forgive me for, uh, for jumping around here towards the end here, but in the interest of time, I am jumping around here, Andrew. But I want to ask you this. Do you love to win or hate to lose and why? Uh, I mean, I, I really love to win. <laughs> <laughs> 
losing is fine. I mean, it's, I don't mind it, but I really love to win. Um, it feels good because it's because, like I said, our business is so personal that when people choose to use us uh, and they choose to, to go with us for, for uh, working with them, um, it's a personal validation that they feel like they can trust us. And that, that feels really good. Um, that's something that I do not take lightly. Now, give our listeners more actionable content here, Andrew. What do you do to wind down after a long or stressful day? A lot of it is separating from the device. Um, that's something that I don't think a lot of people do, and it's a big challenge. And so we have basically kind of quiet time, uh, kind of put down the phone around 5.36, um, and then don't pick it up uh, until, I don't know, before bed, maybe 10 o'clock, 10.30, look at it one more time, make sure nothing's exploding. Um, but a lot of it is that separation. That's a big wind out. And then, you know, the other things that I do that are very actionable are uh, trying to just sit down and get my mind off of something. So, or like the day. So I read something different. So we get the papers, so read the New York times every day. Um, and just not all of it, but a lot of the sections in, that are just different that are kind of getting my mind off of thinking about Facebook and Instagram ads all day. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that is a, a, a huge one. Uh, and then of course, getting outside, you know, separating myself from the physical environment that I, that I've been in all day and kind of getting into a different type of thing was very helpful. Now let's boil this thing down. Andrew, what is the one thing you want to share with our listeners about their social media strategy? So the one thing I want to share is a lot of you probably on Facebook have boosted a post, um, which is a common thing that small business owners do. What I will tell you is that instead of boosting that post, you can go into the Facebook ads manager, which is called, which is at the URL, facebook.com backslash ads backslash manage. And under that, you have the ability to do exactly what you were doing with a boost, only you have more control over your ads. There's no more spending involved in it. There's no more, you don't have to spend more. There's only a few more steps and you can really take more control of your advertising on Facebook um, to get in front of the people you really want to. So the ads manager is a great first step if you've boosted a post, you know, trying that next phase and finding out that you can make things a little bit more sophisticated um, on your actual advertising and social media. So that's one piece of big advice that I would encourage you to go in and experiment with. Great stuff. Now, if people want to learn more about you and your business, how can they find you? You can find me at foxwelldigital.com or you can follow me on Twitter at, at Andrew Foxwell um, or at, at Gracie Foxwell. Um, and those are the, the two best places to, uh, to check us out. Andrew, this has been great. This thing is loaded with actionable steps that we can take to improve our businesses. Appreciate it so much. Thank you for taking the time to join us on Bidzy Small Business Society. You take care. Thank you. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at Bidzy.com. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. Go to Bidzy.com for information and resources on how you can grow your business. Support Bidzy Small Business Society by writing a review and giving us a five-star rating in iTunes. Your positive review and five-star rating will allow us to continue bringing you free, valuable content from amazing and inspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Rate and review Bidzy Small Business Society today. 